Welcome everyone. Welcome to Mentium Matters, the podcast where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I am Megan Cummings-Kruger and our conversation is going to be focused today on the transformational power of being able to communicate clearly who we are, to create and articulate what our brand is in our career, in our life, and in mentoring. My guest is Pam Hollander, who is Vice President, Marketing Strategy and Client Success at TSMGI, as well as being the founder of PH Marketing Solutions. In both of these roles, Pam follows her passion for using innovative marketing to advance brands through sponsorship and brand engagement. Previously, Pam was Vice President of Consumer Marketing at Allstate for 20 years, where she led the brand's National Sponsorship and Engagement Marketing Center of Excellence. Pam has a Bachelor of Arts from Syracuse University. She serves on the board of directors for the Falk School of Sports Management at Syracuse University, as well as on the executive board of the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center. Pam and her husband, Greg, have two sons and reside in Highland Park, Illinois. She first joined the Mentium community as a mentee, and then happily for us, she returned to partner with us as a mentor. In fact, she's currently in her ninth Mentium partnership. So she brings a wonderful dual perspective to our conversation today. Welcome, Pam. Thank you so much. <laughs> I would like to start out by sharing with our audience, uh, you had a really positive experience as a Mentium mentee. You were able to yeah. fully leverage this experience and you were really able to articulate the impact that you had. So I'd like to start by having you just share with our audience, what were some of your takeaways from that experience back then? Oh, absolutely. So as a, as a mentee, I mean, first of all, I was so fortunate to be selected and designated as someone who could take advantage of this opportunity because it was really denoted as, as those who were sort of mid-level of their career, but high-performing individuals. And so to just be picked out as someone who, who fit that potential was, was truly, truly nice. The, the match process that took place with Mentium and myself was tremendous because you know back when I started the program we were actually still meeting face to face and the curriculum was in person and I to this day I'm still friends with the woman who was my mentor and it was great we developed a terrific relationship and I think I think sort of the secret sauce behind that was I I'm the one who drove that relationship as the mentee and that's what I try to instill in the the, the mentees that I have right now I drove that relationship because I wanted to get as much out of it as I could. And, you know, I was setting agendas, uh, explaining to her what exactly I wanted to cover, or do you have tips and tricks that you can, you know, share back with me based on your career and, you know, in your expertise. And I still tap into her because I think it's one of those relationships that just never ends. It's wonderful. And it's always wonderful to hear these kinds of stories. And you're not unusual. While the end of the year ends the structured part of the relationship, you're absolutely right. So often uh, those relationships can continue on for years. And it's always nice to have that reminder of the relationship that you're yeah. able to develop. So then when you returned and you came as a mentor, I think it's an unusual perspective to be able to really have that dual perspective. So how did your mentee's perspective inform you when you came back as a mentor? And I would add, not just as a mentee and mentor, but also I'm sure all the internal mentoring you're doing within yeah. your own organizations. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not too different to be honest with you, Megan. You know, I, again, people get into these programs because they're all yearning for just another voice, another set of perspectives 
And, you know, that's why I, I joined the program. I, I will tell you that throughout the nine years of doing this with Mentium, each person that I've mentored has been very different. While there are some similarities, each person really approaches it very personally, individually, to see what they need to get out of it. Um, I tend to be matched with other women, obviously, who are moms, who are trying to navigate that work-life balance. The people I'm matched with are not always in the same discipline I'm in. And so that's unique. So it's also a chance I'm learning from these people at the same time that I hope I'm imparting some wisdom on them. Wonderful. And you know, I've been now with Mentium for 13 years and I have watched the pace of life uh, just speed up exponentially. And obviously you have that mentoring mentality as all our mentors do. And so you're always mentoring uh, informally or formally within your own organization. So what was it about Mentium that attracted you to the program to be doing that in addition to the mentoring you were already doing? I think it's the quality of curriculum and the, uh, you know, the, the access to assets that Mentium offers. I mean, I you know, the fact that you can learn about branding, your know, own personal branding, the fact that you can learn about all sorts of things that truly can impact your career, no matter where you're at in the path of your career, what level you're at. I, I just, I really appreciated all of the access to that type of material. And I always knew that there was a, a basis, a cohort of people I could also reach out to and run things past them and, and get feedback from them. And so I just, I think the community aspect was really important. I really appreciate you highlighting that because it's something that we value so much at Mentium is that community. Uh, and it is such a broad perspective within that community. Uh, and we're always seeking ways to be connecting our mentors because all of you are continuous learners. So there's yes. so much power in getting all of these continuous learners together and sharing that perspective. Absolutely. Now, another area I would love to have you share with our audience is the fact that your career path has included a number of experiences that I think our audience can relate to. You know, for example, you spent 20 years at the same company. So all of that experience, you know, really growing within a company. Then this past year, you founded your own company. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, you also, I believe just in the last month, accepted yes. a new role with that yes. TSMGI role. So you'll be balancing both, of course. So would you share with us um, what you've learned from these different phases, these different directions of your career? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's a great question. It's funny you ask because, you know, my, my career at Allstate was so tenured. I, you're right. I was able to grow. I, I, I call it, I had multiple jobs at the same company. So I really grew within that environment over the course of my career there. And it was wonderful. And there's so many great things I can point to. And, you know, I, unfortunately, I found myself in a very similar situation as many other people during this, this crazy time of COVID. And I was caught up in a reduction in force. And with that, I think it forced me, it really forced me to think about what I wanted to do where I wanted to do it, you know, and I realized through sort of this process that I was in the driver's seat with this. I didn't have to rely on, on taking the next thing that came my way. I really took my time to figure out how to make this work. And it's interesting. You talk about someone who, you know, people who are lifelong learners. I didn't do this on my own. I sought people who could help me think through this process. I worked with a career coach, which I'd never done before because I wanted, again, another outside perspective 
on how to navigate this massive change. I never, it's been a while since I was in the, you know, looking for a job. And now that I was thrust into it, I wanted to make sure that I was approaching it and tackling it in a manner that was suiting me. And I did. And, and I took several months to really figure out what I wanted to do. What was my approach going to be? How do I do that? It's not like I found that not a lot of jobs are just posted at my level. So how was I going to go about finding those jobs? And it's funny, I, in, in talking to a lot of very close people, there's a lot of people who were, were helping me and backing me. And it's, it was a really strong network. So thank, I'm very thankful for that. But someone said to me, your next job, Pam, is not going to be something that you apply to. It's going to be something that you create for yourself. And I was like, you're crazy. There's no way. How am I going to do that? And lo and behold, here I am a month into a role that I've created. And it was through networking. It was through people I knew through my LLC that I began because I wanted to do some consulting and, and kick that off and see what that was like. I took on some project work for this company that now turned into a full-time job. So it really did follow that path of you're going to create your next role. And I really appreciate you sharing all of that because first off, I know it resonates with very so many people just because of literally all of us dealing with a global pandemic the last yes. year and a half. And so many people are in that exact same situation. But I also appreciate you bringing up and sharing about uh, accessing a career coach as well. I think a lot of times people don't recognize uh, that mentors are the first ones to look for mentors. Uh, yeah. That there is that wealth of wisdom out there and that network. So I think that's just such a great example of how to handle uh, what was a really hard situation. So, you know, you were also in the unusual situation where your world is communication and more specifically communicating brands. That's your yes. livelihood. And of course, during this process, you were communicating clearly and articulating what your brand was as you were going through this career process. So along with what you just shared, would you share with us what you have learned just in your professional subject matter expertise? What are some of those communication essentials, uh, whether it's writing or presenting yourself? What would be helpful for our audience to hear about? I, I think it's a combination of things. I, I absolutely believe in the written form. I believe that you, you know, any communicator has to know how to write clearly, concisely, articulately. That is regardless of the, the type of communication you're writing. That could be a memo, it could be an email, it could be a presentation deck. Words matter. And I, you know, I, I, I truly take that to heart. I also believe in the power of knowing how to then verbally articulate what you want to get across. And I think the lessons I learned certainly over the, well, throughout my career, but certainly over this past year, as I, as I really started to focus on my own personal brand, as you mentioned, was how to articulate that in the most clear, short elevator speech way, because you only have a few minutes to get your point across to someone who a hiring manager is or someone you're trying to network with. So how do you condense down exactly what you need in the most effective and efficient way? And I, I would go, I went through, I, I don't know, multiple rounds and I would test it out on people and I would see what would resonate the most. So 
If it didn't stick, I, I went back and rewrote things and I would tweak it and I would go back into my LinkedIn and I would tweak it and I would see what kind of traction I would get based on what I was putting out into the world. So really getting that external feedback instead yeah. of just having it in your head the whole time. Absolutely. And so, you know, when you were saying that it, it I was thinking about the fact that right now, understandably, many of our mentees, uh, one, one common area of focus is uh, what we call authentic self-promotion. Again, it is that authentic, making sure the organization understands what they have in you and all that you're capable of, how to best use you. It's that win-win. It's not the bragging piece. Right. And so... I imagine that's also been something uh, you've worked with with your mentees. Each of them has a different focus, but I imagine it's come up a few times. So does any story come to mind for you with your mentees in the past as far as, you know, something that helped them in working on articulating their brand, whether it was an exercise you used or a question? Does anything come to mind? Uh, that's a really good question. So Yes, there were a couple of instances, and I've used this actually with multiple mentees, and they often bring up the fact that they're, they're looking to get promoted, but they're not quite sure how to approach that conversation with their, with their boss. What, what do they need to really bring with them to showcase why them, why now? And so in terms of the tools that we talked about, you know, the self-promotion is important. And I, and I truly believe that women have a harder time doing it than men. So I would always encourage the mentees to write down exactly what they were doing, but don't leave it as activity. Try to articulate what they've been doing and tie it back to actual measurable objectives and make sure that they can show what they're doing and how it truly impacted the bottom line. And again, that's not, that's not rocket science, that's not new news, but I think it is a, a really important practice that sometimes people don't do. They usually just go in and say, I'm ready for promotion, and they don't back up the why. And so I really encourage people to have the why, but have it written out. It's okay to go into your boss with a sheet of paper and say, here's exactly what I've done, and here's what it really led to, and now let's talk about what we could, what, what does that mean for my future? I think it's a really good point, especially again, with this case that we're all living at, in particular, even now with the boundaryless uh, COVID experience uh, is, you know, focusing really as a differentiator and taking that time, pausing yeah. and taking that time to write that out, I imagine is very centering, but also then really prepares you for having that, that conversation about yeah. uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah. It's interesting. I had to go through an exercise recently when I was working with my my career coach, and I had to write down things that I think about myself. I had to write down things that I think a future employer would want to have in me. And I then sent those questions. I had about five or six questions and I sent them to key people in my life, former colleagues, family members. And I said, I want your opinion of me against these different metrics. And I gathered that and read it. And it was so, A, it was so just wonderfully affirming, right? It's nice to hear other people say great things about you. And it really gave me concrete examples that I didn't even think of, but other people picked up on. And I've used that now when, when I was talking to future employers. 
I love that example because it also sounds to me like it was even more effective because you first gave them some structure to respond to. Yeah. I think sometimes people get that general question of what do you think about me or what are my strengths? I think that it's much more manageable and you get much more specific feedback, I would I imagine. Yeah, I did. I yeah. even sent it to my kids and my kids gave me feedback and it was really, it was really great. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know what? I think I'm going to try that with my girls. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, that actually feeds us into the other area that I, I just knew there were certain areas that I, I wanted our audience to hear from with you. And you talked about it a, a little bit ago where oftentimes uh, your mentees are also working moms, just like yeah. you were. And so what has your experience been balancing work and life? And certainly you can answer that overall or pre and post COVID, but what has been your experience and what have you, uh, what has been your perspective working with other mentees with this same struggle? Yeah, um, I, I would say first out of the gate, there is no, there's no silver bullet answer for that, right? It is, it, what works for me may not work for someone else. And the way that I always approached being a mom and being a professional is that I, I really tried to set boundaries first and foremost. And those boundaries, I really tried to keep them. And, and an example of that is I would, you know, more times than not, I was having dinner with my family. And if that meant I had to leave the office at a certain time, that didn't mean I wasn't getting my work done. And it didn't mean I wasn't going to log on right after dinner and finish my work into the night it meant that I've carved out specific time that I have, that I have to have with my family. You know, I, I always joke that I think I was a better mom because I was a working mom. I think I instilled certain things and I've got two boys in, you know, in two boys that I was, I'm really proud that they see and, and experience the fact that their, their mom was working and rose the ranks and, you know, had an important job or has an important job. And that I'm really proud of that fact you know, and again, I think the boundaries are really clear. It's funny. There were certain times at work and it doesn't always happen this way, but you know, I'd have to say no. And I'd say no to the point where I knew it wasn't going to impact my career, or my career path. But again, I really think the setting the boundaries is very important. And I'm trying to think another example of where, you know, from a working mom standpoint, look, I know I'm, I know I missed out on some things with my kids, and I know it bothered me a lot when that was happening, but now that my kids are older and I look back on it, I don't have regrets. And I don't think they remembered. I think it was harder on me as the mom feeling guilty and coming down hard on myself that I missed something. Truth of the matter is my kids don't remember that. And that's good. Yeah. And so when you think about you're in your ninth partnership now, and that's just yeah. with Mentium, obviously right. also doing internal mentoring. What have you found helpful? As you say, every person is different. Every struggle is different. I imagine sometimes it is challenging to have that kind of courageous conversation to create the boundaries or maybe schedule time on your calendar. Yeah. What have been some suggestions or, or things that you found have been helpful to your mentees when they're struggling with this as well? You know, honestly, I think open conversation is key. You have to be, if you, if you, are, if you are someone who needs the time off, needs to take care of something, I think you have to, to be open and honest with, with the people you work with. It's not just your boss, it's everyone who relies on you. You know, I, I think you just need to be really clear. I think scheduling time in your calendar and blocking it out is absolutely key. 
and so that way someone can't go in and schedule over that. You've, you, it is your time. And um, again, I just think it's being very honest with yourself and, and not taking advantage of it. That's also key. You know, as a person who has direct reports, I, I have also experienced where there are sometimes employees who take advantage of that. And, you know, that's also a tough conversation, but um, it, it comes down to balance. Well, and actually that brings up another good question, which is now in this time of COVID, and again, I know you've switched roles, so it may yeah. not be something you've had to deal with as much, but how have you, how have you found leading a team virtually in this time of COVID where obviously trust is important. Uh, there's, you know, no boundary really between work and, and home for a lot of True. people. True. Has there been anything helpful? Has it come down to that open communication again? It, it has. And I think it has also come down to, again, blocking time on your calendar to make sure that you can have that personal time, get work done. There've been a lot of walking meetings you know, I'll say if it's a one-on-one -on -one time, guess what? We're not getting on Zoom, but we can get on our phone, put your headphones in, and we're going to do our one-on-one -on -one just as we're walking outside, at least in the, in the decent weather. And that, you know, I think that helps from a mental standpoint as well. So I, I'm also in a situation right now where I work on things that are global. And so time zones, forget time zones. It's like, it's whenever the... Uh, the meeting has to happen. And if that means a call has to happen and, you know, it's morning in Europe, then guess what? I will be on a call when it's morning in Europe because that's just what has to happen. And again, I think it, it just comes down to making sure that you know how to pick and choose which things are the most important to really focus on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Your, so your new role is very global. Was yes. uh, I'm guessing your old role wasn't as much, right? Not at all. In fact, yeah. not at all. Allstate was all, you know, North American based. Right, right. So I'm just curious, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but what have you found in this very early time uh, in this role? What has surprised you, whether it's the work-life culture or, you know, even just how we present our brand? Has there been anything that's surprised you so far in working with different cultures? Gosh, it's so fast paced right now. You know, it's interesting because I'm about two and a half, three weeks in and I am just drinking from a fire hose, right? <laughs> I am I'm trying to learn not only a new company culture and, and new people that I'm working with day to day, but then also the clients and, and the global aspect of things. So it, it, there's, there's a lot coming at me fast. I find myself taking more notes than I ever had before because I'm truly in this, I'm in this listen and learn phase. And it, it, it's almost, it doesn't matter how many years of experience I have under my belt. This is new to me. And mm. I'm back learning almost from square one I'll be a quick learner, but I'm still learning right now how to how to navigate something that's that's so new. But it's it's really fun. I gotta tell you, I'm loving it. I was gonna say, I bet that's so refreshing. It is uh, to be it in is. that point. Uh, maybe overwhelming at times, but also really kind of uh, you know, as a continuous learner, you must love it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So before we close, I do want to ask you a couple of questions. I like to always ask, and one is just this is your time to share whatever you want with our audience, which is all going to be like-minded professionals like you. And yeah. so my cliche question for this one is, you know, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? What, uh, what comes to mind for you that you would like to share? Oh, um, you know, a couple of things. One, you know, interestingly enough, I am, I've really built my career as a, as a communicator. And interestingly enough, my, my degree in college was in elementary education. And so somewhere along the line, I took a left turn and realized I don't want to teach. 
I want to go do something different. And I, I found it and I, I feel fortunate about it that I found it, but I have, I've always been very purposeful in how I was going to take my next step. So what I know now versus what I knew then, I would say that saying yes and taking on things that you didn't think you could do is a smart thing to do every once in a while, even though it might scare you to pieces. You know, that little voice inside of you that tells you, you can't do this. You don't listen to it. Take the chance, take the risk, and it will lead you down a really interesting path. And I, and you don't know that when you're early on in your, in your career and where that's going to take you. So I would say that's something I know now, and it, it has afforded me some really wonderful opportunities. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I would, I could point to. The other thing is, you know, I've always known what I want to do. And this world of marketing and sports marketing is truly what lights me up. And throughout my career, I knew that if I had to advance, just working on sports and sponsorships was never going to be enough to get me to where I wanted to be in my career level-wise. And so I always approach it with the mentality of, I will take on whatever else you want to give me, but don't take this away from me. And that really helped me get to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was just going to add on, because again, we have this gift of your dual perspective. Is there anything you'd uh, say to anyone who's right now in a mentee role with a partnership, whether it's with Mentium or elsewhere, any, any thoughts as far as what you wish you, it sounds like you <laughs> made full use of your opportunity with Mentium, but what would you suggest to mentees out there to, you know, really make sure they make the most of leveraging a really unique opportunity? I would say vet it, make sure it feels right to you and to your personal brand. And if it meets those kinds of criteria, I think you owe yourself the chance to try it. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that can happen if I do this? And I think the answer is always going to be, it's going to get you to that next step. I don't think there's, there's, there's not too much of a downside. So that's what I've, you know, I've talked to mentees about. I've had mentees ask me, hey, I, there's this role that's open. I'm not sure it's right for me. Don't know what to do. It's like, you got to try it. You've, even, if, even if you don't get it, what's the worst thing? You still have your job. You still have your role. You've got to at least go for it and see where it takes you. My sense is that that's part of the power of mentoring is always helping push the mentee to achieve, as you were saying earlier, more than they think they might be able to. Right. Right. Yes. All right. So I want to end with uh, your favorite quote. I know for a fact you have a favorite quote that I you would do. like to share. I do. And it's, it's from Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it's, it's women belong in all places where decisions are being made. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Pam, thank you so much for taking the time today to share your insight, everything that you've learned. I know that it's resonated with all of our audience. It's been a great discussion on really communication and, and, and interestingly how much brand actually has come through all of this and all these different topic areas. Oh, thank um, you so much. Absolutely. Thank you all to all of you who are listening to the Mentium Matters podcast. We have 
a number of excellent guests, just like Pam, lined up. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. And then for additional resources, you can find our show notes on the Menteam website. We look forward to having you join us next time.